Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, October the 5th in 2020 on Win Rise. We're starting year A, proper week 23, or the 19th Sunday after Pentecost, getting closer and closer to the Advent season, the start of year B in the lectionary series. And so on Mondays, we like to look at the Old Testament text of the week. We're still in the book of Exodus. So Exodus chapter 32, verses 1 through 14 will be our passage this morning. So I'll read it, and I'll provide a couple points of reflection. Then we'll spend our time praying along this theme. So thanks for making this party morning on Winter Rise. Let's all our souls arise and be God together in a time of prayer. Exodus 32, verses 1 through 14. And the people saw that Moses was delaying to come down from the mountain, and the people assembled to Aaron and said to him, Get up, make gods for us who will go in front of us, because this Moses, this man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. And so Aaron said to them, Take off the gold rings that are in your wives, your sons, your daughters' ears, and bring them to me. And all the people took all their gold rings that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he took them from their hand and fashioned with it a stylus and made a molten calf. And they said, These are our gods, Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And Aaron saw, and he built an altar in front of it. And Aaron called, and he said, A festival to God tomorrow. And they got up early the next day, and they made burnt offerings and brought over peace offerings. The people sat down to eat and drink, and they got up to fool around. And God spoke to Moses, Go, go down, because your people, whom you brought up from the land of Egypt, has corrupted. They have turned quickly from the way that I commanded them. They have made themselves a molten calf, and they have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it, and said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. And God said to Moses, I have seen this people, and here it is a hard-necked people. And now leave off from me, and my anger will flare at them, and I'll finish them, and I'll make them into, I'll make you into a big nation. And Moses conciliated in front of God, his God, and said, Why, God, should your anger flare at your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with big power and with a strong hand? Why should Egypt say, uh, say saying, He brought them out, of, out for bad to kill them in the mountains and to finish them from the face of the earth? Turn back from your flaring anger and relent about your bad to your people. Remember Isaac, Abraham, and Israel, your servants, that you swore to them by yourself and spoke to them, I'll multiply your seed like the stars of the skies, and I'll give you the seed, all this land that I've said, and they shall possess it forever. And God relented from the bad that he had spoken to do to his people. This is the word of God for us. simple definition that somebody gave me regarding conflict is not getting what you want. And so we had a couple different people not getting what they want in relationship with one another. They have conflict, right? And so in order to appease the conflict, in order to solve the conflict, uh, you have to get either one or both parties to let go of what they wanted for the sake of wanting one another. And so what we have here in this passage, this strange passage in Exodus 32, is conflict between God and Israel. So what did God want? God wanted a faithful people. He called them stiff-necked, right? People who just refuse to, to bow their heads. Kind of like uh, the picture I get of stiff-necked people are like, you know, one of your children, if you can imagine it with me, who you're asked to put on nice clothes, go to church, and they just refuse to want to put on nice things. Like just, you pick out the clothes and they fight you on it and they 
pout about it and when you finally can conjole them to put it on like they're totally not happy you've made them upset they're making you upset this is what god feels towards his people what did the people of israel want i guess they wanted a bit more clarity i mean here they are they're kind of entering into a mystery they've raised their voices to god for over 400 years and god has responded and god has brought them out into the wilderness and they've been complaining about things like food and water and now they're complaining that Moses, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, is gone. And therefore, they don't have a leader. And in the vacuum of the unknown, they create a God. And they give their best to a God instead of giving their best to the God who actually brought them out of Egypt. So God's angry. And I love how the, the translation here says it flares up, right? We, we can sense this. We've, we've had our anger flare up in situations and anger flare up at people who irritate us and don't meet our expectations. They don't give us what we want, right? And so God's like, you know, I'm going to finish them off and then I'm going to start with you and I'll make you into a great nation. But Moses is here as an intercessor. Uh, it's kind of a churchy word, but the basic definition of an intercessor is one who just stands in between. And just like a lawyer in a courtroom who appeals uh, on behalf of a client to the judge and who's able to interpret what the judge is saying in a legal proceeding to their client. So here's Moses. He's saying, God, if you do this, uh, is Egypt uh, will scorn you. You'll become a byword to the Egyptian people. And they'll, they'll laugh at us. They'll mock us. They'll say that this God brought them out of Egypt just to finish them off in the wilderness. And he says, remember the promises you made to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Those promises can still be made good on if you just stick with it and allow your anger to pass by. And so God does relent. Isn't that an interesting picture of God? Um, I think sometimes our picture of God is, is kind of half-baked. It's either a God who's really removed uh, and impersonal, powerful but impersonal. Then you have a God maybe who's uh, hyper-personal but doesn't seem to be able to be in control of anything. What we hear was maybe a mixture of the two. A God who feels so deeply for his people that he's angry, he's ticked off about what they've done. And so Moses speaks to him, and he speaks to him like a friend. And he asks this friend to reconsider his anger. Um, I think that's been an interesting thing. I've been, uh, well, it's kind of a pious thing to say. I've been praying more. I, we all pray, uh, but I've been praying in interesting ways. And it's something that I feel I've been led to do. Just a little more boldly, like maybe Moses has in this passage. I remember there was, um, I was taking a walk a couple mornings ago, and an ambulance came into one of the nursing homes. And, of course, I'm putting two to two together, like maybe somebody's having a really bad cardiac episode there. And I just found myself being led to pray, God, that person doesn't have to perish. Because of your kingdom, because of how much power is in your name, how Jesus went about doing good and healing all those around him, this person doesn't have to die. They don't have to go to the hospital. God, you can intervene right now. And I was kind of shocked because because I, I would probably speak that way to a really close friend. I don't know if I earlier in my faith life would talk that way to God uh, because maybe uh, reverence was most important. But I think there's a comfort now that we can approach this God and we can ask things according to his promises, just like Moses did here and say, God, I beg to differ. There's a, there's a different way here than what it seems to be going on. And so I don't know what needs you have in your life, and maybe you've been reluctant to pray boldly. Uh, but I'm, I'm asking us to pray boldly, just like Moses did here. This seems to be a critical juncture in the story of the early days of Israel, because Moses didn't cower away from God. He, he approached God and he said, God, remember your promises once more, and let's keep moving here. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's good. And then maybe some of us, uh, maybe we're in a, a moment of conflict right now because we're not getting what we want. Uh, my, my, my recommendation, my encouragement to all of us if we're in one of those moments is to consider what we want and if it's justifiable and it, even if it's good, if it's useful. Listen, no situation's perfect, but it can still be good. So maybe we need to renegotiate what we want in order to resolve the conflict. So let's spend some time praying along those themes this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you today that we can approach you. Uh, Your word says that we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. And so God, this day, please forgive us because we have not uh, lived into this relationship that we have with you. I thank you that when you spoke of that relationship, you said that on that day you'll know that I am in you and you're in me and I'm in the Father. That there is an interconnectedness now in our faith life because of you forgiving our sins and bringing us into your family. God, sometimes we don't take advantage of what it means to be in your family. We don't live into it. We don't take the opportunity to let you know exactly how we feel. And so God, this day, we pray boldly for the need that's at the center of our life right now. A situation that seems impossible, a friend that's wandering away, financial strain that seems to be breaking us or a loved one under the pressure of it. God, whatever it might be, Lord, we bring it towards the throne of grace today and we come with boldness. And not boldness and the brashness, lacking reverence, but I believe that you give us access, just like we see in the life of Moses here, to call things to your mind again and to ask you, uh, to change a situation. And so God, if it's a relational issue, if it's uh, clarity that's necessary, if it's a challenge in a workplace, if it's a frustration uh, in, a, in a friend, in a relationship with a friend, God, whatever it might be, we bring that need to you. And God, I pray that you allow us to speak freely on this matter and that we'd sense your love and kindness as we do so. God, we also just pray for the conflict that we experience in our life and We can't help it. We are feeling and thinking beings and we have high expectations and we assume things about people in our life. And so we get our feelings hurt. We have conflict because we don't get what we want. But we thank you that we see in the face of Jesus a better way, that the way forward is the way of service and the way of letting go. And so God, this day, uh, even in the important things of life, I pray that you give us the grace to renegotiate what matters the most. And I pray that the conflict in our life will begin to erode and fade away, especially if it's not necessary conflict. I pray that you help us to be people of peace. We thank you for your word that challenges us to live, to make every effort to live in peace with all people. And so God, we, we set our minds to living in peace with all people, even those who have been the most tedious to us in recent days. So God, be with us. We ask for your grace. Help us to be more like Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.